Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. I'm Tennyson. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for joining us as we discuss topics and give practical tools that help you live, grow, and be in healthy, joy-filled relationship with God, yourself, and others. For more information and resources, or if you're looking for coaching, connection, and community, please visit tableandwellco.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. And thank you for joining us today for the Table and Well podcast. This is episode number 42. As always, please feel free to download and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. So guys, we are super excited that you're here with us today to continue our conversation on healthy group identity. Um, these conversations and these discussions have really been inspired by the book called The Other Half of Church, written by Jim Wilder and Michael Hendricks. Um, and we're just excited to be able to bring this information and these maybe new way of thinking to you. This is part 19 of our series called The Half Brain Church, How the Church Has Lost Its Ever-Loving Mind. And the reason we've called it that is because we know that there are two sides of the brain, the right side and the left side, and the right side is relational, left side is more logical and, and problem solving. And we really believe and feel, and, may, and you probably know this in deep inside of you, that the church today has really resided to the program side and the problem solving side of things of our brain or the left side of the brain and have not really relied and not really tapped into the right side of the brain, which is relational. And that's one of the reasons why God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to walk the earth, to show us what relationship was, to redefine the group identity of his people and his followers. So here is the continuing conversation of healthy group identity. Okay, so last episode, we spent the entire time talking about who builds healthy group identity. Yeah. So what we want to do today in this podcast is talk about what is healthy group identity. Yeah. Like just in general, what is it? And and really, I feel that healthy group identity reflects the character of Jesus in relationship. Yes. Because Jesus is all about relationship. Again, when he came, he showed us a new way. He created a group identity and everything he did was surrounded by relationship. Yes. And it had nothing to do with with a list of rules or a list of um, things we have to believe or yeah. anything like that. He came and modeled to remind us who we are because the whole Old Testament was, I mean, when Adam and Eve sinned mm-hmm. and were no longer able to walk with God in the cool of the garden, yeah, then it shifted because they weren't able to be with him in the same way to to fully experience how it is that, uh, how who it is we are, what our group identity who, right, is. Yeah. And it became a different the relationship became disconnected. Yeah, it did. And so there was a he, distance there. There was a distance. Yeah. So the so humanity was working really hard to try to get that back. Yeah. And it was through a series of rules and things we had to do. Mm-hmm. And when Jesus came it shifted everything. Yes. And not that it was never about relationship in the beginning. It was always, always about, about relationship. relationship. Yeah. But we broke. We, we broke, broke relationship. We broke relationship. Yeah. As humanity. Yes. And so when Jesus came and gave his life for us, that restored our ability to have intimate relationship mm-hmm. with God. Yeah. And so everything he did while he was here, everything he said while he was here, even down to I don't say anything my father doesn't tell me to say. Right. Yep. As in, 
my relationship with the father is the funnel. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not out here on my own guys. When you, when you connect with me, you're connecting with the entire Trinity. Yeah. If you've seen me, you've seen, you've the, father. seen the father. Right. Because there is no disconnection happening here. Yeah. Because relationship. Right. Right. So I think this is really interesting in this conversation is that we have to remember because it, I think we've been taught differently in the church yeah. that it is about the rules and the things we must do. I think so. And, and the way we must act, which is so funny because we talk about that exact same thing. Yeah. How is it like for us to act? We're not talking about a list of rules. We're not talking about a bunch of things that people say, think, standards we have to live up to. We're talking about relationship and how it is like for us to act. In relationship. In relationship. With each other mm-hmm. and with the world. Yes. And so it's interesting because I, I just, as you were talking, I was thinking about this because last episode we talked about like who sets that. And so elders are one of those things, elders and leaders and parents and all of that. So it's interesting because as you're talking, I'm thinking, well, Jesus was only 30. Mm-hmm. He acted as an elder in the community. Yes. Setting. We have to remember too, is a completely different world. Yeah. But setting the identity. Yes. And so he was the leader Mm-hmm. setting the identity. And so that like, I'm like, who says it? Well, yeah, the leaders do. Well, Jesus was a leader and he set the identity yes. of, he the, was the, of the community. Of his community. And so it's like, and what he did, he, he offered a wide range of in-depth things of this is what we do when. Yeah. He practically modeled. He modeled it. He's like, when this happens, this is what we do. And we right. talked about that. And like with the Sermon on the Mount, it's mm-hmm. what if it, that list that all of those Beatitudes were, this is who we are. Right. And so this is what we do. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's what he did. And so that's what leaders in our community should be doing. Right. They're setting those. And reminding ident- us of that constantly. Yeah. Right. Both in in all the ways, like yeah, them modeling it obviously, mm-hmm. but they're gonna fail. Yeah, that's the reality. But their goal is to try. Yeah, but they'll also model it in words, words of encouragement, reminding us who we are mm-hmm. through the eyes of heaven, because they can see us through the eyes of heaven. Yes, um, creating opportunities for us to live in this way. Yeah, fully as who we are staying connected to us, all mm-hmm. of those pieces that Jesus modeled so well. I mean, you, you think about Judas and it's like so mind blowing, which we're about to, <laughs> the chosen hasn't, it has just introduced Judas yep. depending on where you are in the episode. So sorry, sorry. but they haven't <laughs> explored his story. Yeah. And I've always wondered how Jesus stayed in relationship with him, like how he, mm-hmm. and he encouraged the yes, disciples to be in intimate relationship one with another knowing that Judas would totally, totally turn him in and, and break the, the intimacy of the relationship. But Jesus encouraged knowing what he knew. He kept the relationship with Judas bigger than the problem or bigger than the thing he knew was coming. Right. And encouraged his disciples to stay connected to him Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. Well, because let's be honest too. All the disciples had problems. They are. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Judas, we, we've we spent a lot of time in the church, you know, making Judas the model of, of horrible behavior or like just a horrible person. Right. You know, he is the enemy or the, what is it? The 
antitech protagonist, whatever the the um, antagonist. In a Disney movie, there's always one bad person. What's the name? Why am I the having villain? a hard time? Yes, the villain. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> the villain. I'm having a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> just play, play trade. Um, so, like, you know, in the church model, when we talk about Jesus, we talk about him as the villain. Jesus did not see him as the villain. Never. Never. No. Never. Wow. That's mind-blowing. Yeah. That's mind-blowing. And when he says, love your enemies... Mm. He modeled that for us. He, did. he didn't just say it. He modeled it for us because yeah. he loved Judas to the end, even after he was like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, could you imagine he was betrayed with a kiss? Mm-hmm. He didn't push Judas away and say, how dare you? Kissing was an intimate. Yeah. Relational thing. Yeah. You know? And so anyway, we're, yeah. we're back on another like, whole tangent, but, but, but oh, this so plays in. Because leaders really in a healthy group identity are the ones who also offer this really deep development of our identity. Yeah. And they can handle a wide range of life situations and they teach us how. Right. They teach us how. So back to the who that looks like elders in our churches and elders in our communities. Mm -hmm. And that also looks like our parents. Yes. Because if we're not learning this in the home and we're not learning this in our families, and we don't have elders teaching our parents and mm-hmm. our parents teaching our children. Right. Then then it would look like, a lot like 2021. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. You know, where like we so see true. the fruit of this today, but we're here to say, okay, we see the fruit. Yeah. We don't want that. No. I don't want that. You don't want that. Probably anybody who's listening to this podcast doesn't want that. So how do we do it differently? Yeah. We're... We don't know because we don't have people modeling for us or, or even talking about mm-hmm. these things. And so we feel really stuck and, and scared and lost and overwhelmed with the thought of the state of the world today and, and the possibility of it changing. How? How do, how do we do that? How? I don't know. But, but I believe it starts with creating a healthy group identity, mm-hmm. a very strong group identity. Yes. Um, and that can happen with very simple things. It's like you, simple statements that we can make, that we can say within our families, within our churches, within our communities of this is who we are and this is how it's going to be for us to act. Mm-hmm. Um, from the very kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Overarching mm-hmm. things of like, this is who we are. Like, for instance, something like we are people who would rather listen than speak. Yeah. Like that type of, like we are people who see what God is building in others. Mm-hmm. Like this is who we are. We are people who spontaneously love our enemies and return blessings for cursings. Yeah. It's like those type of things. Like a couple more would be, we are people who remind each other of who we really are when we forget. So good. Yeah. We don't, when, when I forget who I am, you don't spend your energy jumping on that wagon to beat me with the yeah. stick yep. because I've forgotten and, and you point out all the ways that I've forgotten. Yeah. Instead, you bring me back into a reminder of, Janelle, that's not who you are. Yeah. That's just not who you are. How you're acting right now is not who you are. Right. Let me remind you of who we are. Mm-hmm. And I want to walk you with are. you. Yeah. yeah. And we're, we'll talk about that in a different podcast. But that mm-hmm. that's so, so important. And this one, this statement is is a heavy one. It's not heavy. That's, that's the wrong word. It's um, it, It's deep. Yeah, and it's real. And it's real. Like, this is real. Yeah, and 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 if you're married, 
out there or you're in any type of relationship or a parent or a parent. Oh, really oh yeah. For parents. So we are a people who share others pains, even when we have caused that pain. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So in a marriage that looks like as a husband or wife, if mm-hmm. I have done something that has hurt my spouse, yep. that I still am going to share that pain with them mm-hmm. and I'm going to cause it. Well, back to the conversation oh. of maturity, that's not possible without relational maturity. Yeah. Because being able to manage my own mm-hmm. regret or feeling of shame yeah. or anger or sadness or guilt or All whatever might be yeah. going on inside of me while my wife is crying mm-hmm. or husband's cry, whatever, whatever going on. Yeah. While I'm watching them hurt because I hurt them. I hurt them. Yep. And now I have all these feelings because I've hurt them and they're having feelings because I've hurt them. Nine times out of 10, what happens in, in relationships that don't have other tools is that I, the one who hurt, Mm -hmm. do whatever it takes to make you stop feeling or, or sharing the pain or revealing Mm -hmm. the pain because I want to make my feelings stop. That guilt that I feel for hurting you, I want it to stop. I so I need stop. you to stop crying. Yeah, you have. Yeah, I can't. I can't deal with that. And yeah. and that 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 was our story for a long time. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Something would happen, and I would feel I would do something, or I'd say something, or whatever the case might be. And and you have real feelings, and then They're I would valid feelings, val- absolutely mm-hmm. valid feelings. And then I was not able to regulate my own emotions. Now I have all the feelings about what I did. Yeah, and so. I can't be with you in those, in what you're feeling and yeah. just sit with you in that because I'm like, you, you just have to stop. Yeah. Cause I can't, ha- I can't handle this. Yeah. That, yeah. And we talk about this yeah. in, again in collabs. We, we explore this in depth and, and practical ways to walk it out. But it's so interesting because what came to mind is what if this is rep- what repentance is oh. actually about? Like, what if this is actual repentance oh, yeah. is, is I'm going to choose to recognize that I caused the pain. Wow. And I'm going to sit in this pain with you that yes. I've caused you. Yes. And I'm going to just let that be the truth of what is versus trying to fix it mm-hmm. or solve it or make it go away yeah. or make you go away or make your pain stop that I caused mm-hmm. because it's causing me pain because I'm already feeling bad. We do this all the time oh, with the Lord, so right? Good. Like yeah. we'll make a mistake and make a poor choice. And then we unplug from God because we have too many feelings about it. <laughs> He's not going anywhere. He doesn't. I mean, that's so good. We like put all we we that's project so all of these feelings on him. Like he doesn't want to be with us, and it's right. all from our life experience. Yeah, Nine absolutely. times out of ten, yeah. when we're projecting feelings like that onto God, it's because that's been our life experience from our parents or our yeah. caregivers. Yeah. Um. You know, we've experienced that when I make mistakes, um, or don't obey or whatever, no one then wants to be with no me one wants to be or, with me, yeah. and my and my dad would get angry and and walk away and not talk to me for days or whatever. Whatever the case may be, yeah. Or, and also that's uh, so interesting because this comes into play too. We are people who share each other's pain even when we've caused it. Uh-huh. Um, this comes into play from childhood too, where if I have a parent mm-hmm. that I, as a child who's tr- just trying to figure out life and I'm going to yeah. make a million mistakes along the way and I didn't have a parent who could manage their own emotions over our, over me learning how to be a child and so then my life experience becomes that when I cause others pain, that it brings all of these feelings onto me and I suddenly mm. feel responsible 
for either shutting down my own feelings and fixing the others, but fixing it, not being present with it. Yes. Fixing it. Or, um, or I suddenly become like, there's so many different reactions to it. We won't dig into it, but no, but I'm sure those who are listening, who have experienced that can picture exactly what I'm talking about right now. Like, Oh, I know what that looks like in relationship. Mm -hmm. And, And, um, good. Now I just want to say, and, 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 and that takes practice. But that takes and tools and tools. Yeah, that takes that. And that takes time. I mean, mm-hmm. so I mean, so when we're talking about like we're creating these identity statements that reflect Jesus's character, mm-hmm. we're saying these things. It doesn't mean that like I'm perfect and I've got it all figured out. And, or or I'm I'm an elder in the community. I'm going to say this and we're going to actually accomplish this. Yeah. Tomorrow. No, yeah. Not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is, you know, these are who this is who we are mm-hmm. and we have to have the skills and the tools and we have to practice this and this only happens in community. Right. So back to the who though, of we have identity statements, but the identity statements have to be modeled in order for them to truly be learned. Yeah. So for example, back to the conversation we were just having of, of parents and it starts in the home Mm -hmm. and this modeling of healthy group identity. So we, as a family, we share each other's pain, even when we've caused it. Yeah. So as a parent, Let's say I got really upset about something that you did. Mm-hmm. Not to call them out, but when my children were small, <laughs> um, I had had my wedding ring remade. Oh, yeah. And, and I had tiny little stones that I was I was saving to make uh, into some form of jewelry yeah. when they got older, and they uh-huh. were toddlers. Yeah. And one day, one of my children, who shall remain nameless, you know who you are, <laughs> went into my jewelry box. Got you know because. Toddlers just get into things, and he got in. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> they got into uh, the bag and, and dumped it out, and there was no way of finding those stones. Yeah, and there's tall and there's shag carpet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I had a choice at the that moment. I'm not saying I I did it right, but this is just an example. I could choose to get really angry and disconnect myself from them. Um, let's say I did get angry, Yeah, you know, and so I get really angry because that really mattered to me. You have no idea how that was sentimental, what my Uh plans were for that. And now that child goes to their room broken because they have no, they have no clue. They, they touch something that was shiny. That was shiny. You know, like he had no idea what that meant to me or why, no even life concept of that. Right. So now I've wounded him. Mm hmm. Because I projected my sadness onto him. Yeah. And now he's hurting. Yep. Now, do I disconnect myself from that child for the entire day because he deserves it? Because I'm still angry? Right, yeah. Or do I have the maturity and am I building a household and a family that says, that caused me pain and I'm so sad about that. Mm-hmm. But but we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and even if I lose my my mind and I <laughs> blow up over the situation and I see that child hurting, yep. can I go to them and say, I'm so sorry. And repair that relationship. And repair the relationship and yeah. repent yep. and truly feel how that must feel as a small child to be yelled at it about something they didn't really understand what they did. Yeah. Um, so this comes into play there. Or maybe as an elder, let's say as an elder, a situation happens and I don't know how to handle it well. Mm-hmm. There, I have an immaturity gap. I'm a, I'm a pretty decent elder, but I, I've got some immaturity gaps. Yep. And something happens and I don't handle it well. Okay. And, I, and yeah. in a church, let's just use that as an example. Something happens and I 
react not well okay. toward that person. Yeah. And now I see that person wounded. Mm-hmm. I have a choice to make yeah. because if, if it is our identity as a group and we make statements like we are people who share each other's pain, even when we've caused it, because we will cause each other pain. Yes, we will. A healthy group identity doesn't mean we don't have conflict and it doesn't right. mean that we won't hurt each other and it won't mean, it doesn't mean that we'll always get it right. Right. And I mean, you can, and we could have a, 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 a deep joy well with mm-hmm. our community and we have Hesed where we're attached right? and we are like, we're not going anywhere, but it doesn't negate the fact that we are humans and we will call each other pain. We will. And we will. what do we do right. when we do that? Right. And that needs to be right. that group identity statement that we have. Yeah. And this is so good because in the world that we're living in right now, this very well could look like me as an elder. I didn't do anything wrong. I handled it well. Sure. And the yeah. person on the receiving end has trauma. Mm-hmm. has life experiences that react cause them to react yes. in a certain way that may seem completely irrational uh-huh. because they're not they're, they have not grown through their maturity because they haven't had the opportunity to yes. they haven't had other people to yes. model for them right yes. yep. and so as a healthy elder or as a healthy parent like we fostered a bunch of kids mm-hmm. in this exact same situation yeah. where it's like we're healthy enough to know how to navigate this conflict you have no skill right oh so good so you know, and and because I have to address this issue with you, mm-hmm. and we're going to have to have conflict for you to grow through this yes. issue. I'm not going to avoid it because then because then you're not going to grow, grow, right? And healthy group identity is going to be I'm going to stick with you even if this hurts. Yes, because hurt right now is going to cause you to grow. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to react when you're corrected, and so you, this is really going to hurt you. But I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. And I'm going to walk this out and I'm not going to get offended with the fact that you're offended. And about, you're angry at me. And you're angry and you at you me. Are, yeah. And you're putting all this back on me. Right. I can. Yeah. I'm mature enough to hold that. Yes. Again, that goes back to that whole thing we said at the beginning of the last podcast. Maturity is a key. It's is a key. the key. Is the key. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when it, when we talk about creating this these identity statements, it is an identity statement that... Every identity statement is a proclamation of this is who we want to be and this is who we are working to be. In every situation that we're given an opportunity, we're going to try to be like this. Yeah. We're going to, and this is how we have transformed in the last three years because this is exactly what we did not knowing this is what we did. But we said, okay, these are the things that we want to grow in and this is who we want to become. Mm-hmm. We're not here, but this is who we want to become and we're going to keep practicing at it until we until we can learn how to do this naturally and where this statement becomes true that this is actually who we are, not who we want to become. Yeah. And every time we failed, mm-hmm. we just looked at each other and said, okay, we need more practice. More practice, yeah. Because who we, cause we're not acting like who we want to become and who we believe we truly are. Right, yeah, and that, that's what I was going to say. So yeah, it's the, it's the understanding of this is who we are I'm not there yet. Yes. So, but this is who I am. This is who we are. This is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Again, with the understanding, I'm not there yet. So we're going to practice until yes. we get there. Yes. And this is going to sound funny. I had a thought come to mind when we were reading these notes um, that we almost measure ourselves against this. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it in a way that's just really honest. So these identity statements could be like we talk about, we are people who see what God is building in others. Mm-hmm. We measure ourselves in that, in the way that we need to do check-ins and say, 
as a group. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Are we really seeing what God is building in others? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Are we practicing that when we have an opportunity? Mm-hmm. Do we intentionally have moments where we share what we see, what God is building in another person? Yeah. When we get together in our staff meetings at church, do we ask, hey, Bob, what do you see God building in John? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. You know, these are very practical. These don't happen because we put it on a piece of paper or had an idea. These are very, very practical. One of the things that made me think about this is in our business, we have core values. Oh, and mm -hmm. they're basically identity statements. So one of our core values is we we value the mutual satisfaction of a job well done, Mm. meaning we're going to do an excellent job. We also need our clients to to value that as well. Yeah. Otherwise, this relationship doesn't really work Mm -hmm. because we're giving it our all and we need you to give your all too. And we measure our client relationship against that. Yeah. When we have clients that could care less about the effort that we're putting forth, we're just not a good fit. That's in a that's in a business relationship. Obviously, in a community, it's a different story. Right. But we measure. Yeah. And in a community, we should measure. And not in the way like again, it's not a standard. Right. In my example, it's different because it's business and we're choosing to partner. To right. provide a service. Yes. Obviously, yeah. maybe that wasn't the best example. But the point is, these things are not going to become part of your group identity if you're not paying attention to them. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and you're not measuring them and you're not asking the questions of each other. You know, we're a people who would rather listen than speak. So when we have an opportunity to listen and speak together. Do we listen? Are we listening and are we speaking? And if somebody, if we're in a group dynamic we're in the middle of a Bible study. Right. And somebody just keeps speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking and speaking. What do we do? What do we do? As a group. Yeah. As a group, what do we do? Yeah. It's very, yeah, it's it's so good. Um, yeah, even down to, you know, the other, the other example that we gave is that we're people who spontaneously love our enemies and return blessing for cursing. Yeah. We have opportunities to do that all in our community all the, all the time. Yeah. But even if that's one of our statements, but we avoid every possibility of having enemies. Right. Because we house ourselves up in our church and we don't we don't operate in our community or we don't create opportunities to have enemies. Yeah. Then how do we model that one for another? And even these statements we're making and we're talking about the church, but remember too, as we're talking about this, it starts in the home mm-hmm. and our homes become our communities as a group and elders will lead those and take a moment. I think my challenge, and we're going to talk in the next podcast about the how. Yeah. But even now as this podcast ends and you have some time before the next podcast begins, think about those identity statements. Think about what your community is already saying. Yeah. Is your community saying things like, we actually would rather speak than listen. Mm-hmm. In our family, we we blame others when we create problems. Mm. Maybe that's where it is. Yeah. And then think about who you want to be. If one right. of these resonated with you, start there. Start you don't there. have to come up with a list of 10 things. Yeah. When you're reading the scripture, think about what Jesus was saying in those identity statements. Watch for identity statements. Yeah. That will help form this in you and in your community as well. You've been listening to the Table and Well podcast. New episodes stream every Tuesday. Please subscribe on your favorite streaming service.